Anger by Alexander Augustus Narrated by Daniel Collard Volume 2, Chapter 3 All four of my selves spun and skimmed across the surface of the water, fueled by my ambition. I travelled for a time, and times, and half a time, reigning atop my towering inferno. I had lit the world red from above, yet the hordes of cups and objects and creatures still flocked towards me like sheep. The innumerable heavenly eyes of God had stopped opening and shooting down their lightning. Far above the water, I did rage onwards as a red child, spinning my intersecting rims faster than the eye could see. My disembodied teeth and nose were strung about my neck and did levitate at the centre of the whirlwind. My tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of eyes searched, stalking into every corner within the dome, with a watchfulness that only the anxiety of shame could achieve. My power was great and I could smell and taste only iron. I did begin to see a different kind of light, a blue glow emanating on the horizon, across the endless expanse of sea. As I travelled further, the horizon began to solidify into the geometric form of a great high wall in the sea with twelve gates, and with twelve podiums atop the gates. Each podium did exhibit a creature impaled on a spike, somehow with a likeness of cup, but displaying strange mutations, as though they were the children of a man, a plant, and a creature of the sea. Scaled, finned, gilled, iron-crusted, budding and flowering, with stingers all about them, with which they would hurt most grievously. Beyond the wall, the atmosphere shifted from dark and red to light and blue. The brilliance of the blue shone like a precious jewel, clear and blue like a sapphire. And as all the eyes of God appeared to be tightly shut in the red sky, in the blue many eyes were open, hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of open eyes across the heavens, and the sea was constantly spewing forth life, without focus or inhibition. I knew now that the world was divided down the centre, red and blue. And in the red, we did order and control and pressure ourselves for structure, and we did all look the same, and we did all value sameness. Except, of course, for those fleeting flecks of mischief, of which I was born. And in the blue, they did all look different, and they did all value abstraction and difference, and they were assaulted upon by the soldiers of the red. As I approached, the forms became more visible, and I could see that this wall was manned by soldiers of the Red. They were survivors of the trials of Key Stage 3, and were the likeness of Cup. And they did sing tales of their hardships at the hands of the Elders, and they did bond over these hardships. And they did praise the Elders for their guidance, 
and upon their foreheads the name of sheep, and at their feet lay scorched and lifeless bricks. When they saw me approaching across the face of the water, they took leaves of the money plant and did kneel on them, paddling out to meet me with the roots of the leaves submerged in the water of the ocean. They did not know who I was, or that I had eaten their elders. They cried out, Almighty I.D., blessed is he who comes in the name of the elders. Blessed is he who comes to fight against the blue and destroy the hanged beasts therein. The red soldiers did not cower away from the towering inferno of my approach, but instead engaged me with the confidence of the well-educated. Hark! Have you come from within the reds to defeat the hanged beast and end this war once and for all? The red champions did protect their eyes and noses with a shining covering, like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. The masks consisted of oval goggles over each eye, connected to a long protruding nose, and connected below that to a long set of bronze teeth which did extend out in front like a sword, the length of an arm. There were little slit holes so the eyes might see through the goggles, but these were especially thin as though to allow only restricted sight. The long nose covering was pointed and sharp and was designed to hurt. The two-edged sword protruding from the mouth was also designed to hurt. The champions did bite down on these masks from a bit which did cover their lips and extend into their mouths, so that they were clinging to the whole mask with the mouth. Bronze wings did spread out above the eyes where eyebrows might be found. Myselves studied knife, fork and spoon, and I popped out of their throats like three shooting popcorns. I spiralled down through the air and landed in a triangular formation, facing outward and hands linked. My red child body hovered above my three rotating selves and moved in unison as though on a potter's wheel. The red soldiers repeated, Have you come from the red to defeat the beast? Maybe, I smirked with four mouths. I was three times the height of these little red cups who surrounded me like children. The soldiers beheld the disemboweled and iron-crusted monstrosity of my child body as it hovered above them. Its multitude of eyes did roll backwards in their sockets and plumes of flame did burst out on the completed click of each cycle. For each eye did hold one memory of abuse and each rotation of that eye was a recollection. One soldier did scoff in arrogance. Ha! What the fucketh is that supposed to be? I did let out a hideous high-pitched shriek with voices like unto an orchestra of deafening trumpets. My glowing face did not alter as my spinning rings did descend upon the speaker, slashing and slicing him into pieces before he could utter another word. My little hands did scrape the wet lumps of his flesh from my rings with golden pliers and the golden reed, and I did sup on the chunks. Another eye opened on my wheel. With mouths agape, the remaining soldiers spake no more. They did cower and clamber behind one another. Do the natives of the blue hold captive also the phone, money and keys? I continued as I shot my light through the gates in the wall. The little red soldiers conferred apprehensively and replied, The blues speak not of these articles, 
But the island yonder is full of terrible magic, said one, before retreating behind another, who continued. Upon the island is a hermit. He is canny and wild and evades capture. But he is a pussy, and if you help us capture this island, we will take you to the hanged beast, so you may ask him yourself for the things you do seek. I did look over the heads of the soldiers, and through the gates they guarded, and I beheld, lo, in the midst of the blue sea, a piece of land did stand, twelve thousand stadia high, and twelve thousand stadia wide, surrounded on all sides by a sheer chalk cliff. A young man was upon it, creeping to and fro like a trapped animal. He had the demeanour of a spotty teenager, and was stung, bitten, and hurt by the beasts of the sea. He did crawl about on his knees and elbows, as if trying to evade detection. But alas, all around the platform were the armies of the elders, the young cups who had passed their training and now served to slay the beast. They called up to the young hermit and tormented him. They did jeer and curse at him. I saw bizarre creatures flying from the top of the island, with horns, eyes, wings, hooves all flailing as if constructed from the body parts of a multitude of other beasts. As I looked, every so often there came a clicking and ticking from the eyes of my terrible child. The soldiers' heads did jerk upwards, regarding me with nervous stares. I beamed down and took the hands of the red soldiers in my palms. Look, Look at, at the, the tongue, tongue and nose in my hair. hair. It, it is from, from one of your, your elders. elders, I giggled. I, I did eat the flesh of your four and twenty elders, and their souls do lie within my wheels. See their eyes here? Come and see! I roared and flicked one eye hard. It rolled backwards into its socket, clicked, and reappeared like a tortured sunrise. They, they do, do burn, burn with brimstone, brimstone inside these wheels. Forever and ever, amen, I explained. If any man will hurt me, he must in this manner be killed. I pinched the closest soldier's cheek and winketh. If you do not want to end as your brother and elders did, open the gates! I did roar into their faces with fire and lightning and spittle spraying forth. Knife, fork, and spoon opened their mouths wide, and I did jump back into their three necks. I did see the great gates open wide, and I did pass through. As I did pass, I looked up and did see the wild roaring of a lion keystone supporting the structure. A memory did flash before me like a phantom, too fleeting to grasp. Before the island was a blue sea like unto glass or crystal and I skimmed smoothly across its face. I launched my child's body through the air above, and my red wheel did mix with the blue hair. The soldiers at the island did rejoice, for the blue is turning red! Waves crashed against the base of the island, and tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of soldier cups from the red were trying to clamber up the cliffs of the island. None could make it past halfway, but all did shout insults to the hermit atop the island, jeering insults of Fat man, man boobs, and Freak teeth weakling, and Failure, and Faggot. The red soldiers did pull serpents and winged creatures from the sea 
with stingers and fangs, and they did throw these up at the hermit, who did rush around in torment, dodging them. The hermit was a peculiar creature, quite unlike those from the red. He had the likeness of cup, but out of his mouth came two protruding front teeth, fused together like a two-edged sword or narwhal tusk. These filled his mouth entirely and rendered him quite unable to speak, causing his visible anxiety. He leant down on his forearms and knees and travelled more like a dog or a cat than a human, sweating and popping his acne pustules along the way. He had bound together many flowers of the island into a kind of hoodie about his body, so as to camouflage himself from those who did torture him. But alas, they only drew more attention. He stayed clear of the edges of the cliffs. Alas, this boy had eyes as milky pale as opals and unable to see. He navigated using his hands, and in panic he clutched at plants and stones atop the platform, throwing them at the jeering crowds below, who remained quite unaffected. I did see the hermit cry thick tears, which did flow copiously from eyes, nostrils and mouth. I observed with tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of eyes ablaze, as the key stage three cups from the red did pull beasts from the sea and launch them at the poor hermit. Why do you attack him so? I questioned a soldier. I looked to his face and saw that the soldiers in this half of the world had grown into adults, older than me, but not as old as the elders, somewhere between. Astounded to be asked such an obvious thing, the soldier replied, The hermit doth sufferest that hanged beast who destroyed Cup. He who calleth himself an elder to make and seduce young cups to commit fornication and to eat plants and beasts. Confused, I asked. The, the cups, cups of the blue, blue eat not of their brothers. brothers. They, they eat, eat the flesh of beasts and plants. Yes, sir, spat the soldier in disgust. Cup was not killed by the plagues of COVID-19 or COVID-20 or 50 or even 100. Yet the cups of the blue did put our house in order and did hang us all. So Cup died, and the hermit repenteth not of the works of his hand which did waste our life, that he should not build devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood or bronze, which neither can see nor hear nor walk nor make money or status for Cup, but only tick and explode. He drips with mischief and rebellion. Of course, I now know of what the soldier spake, but at this time I was quite perplexed. The soldier recognised my confusion and continued, Neither repented he of the murders of shells, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. The hermit is filled with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs against the red, to work in gold, silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. He is filled with a skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or by a designer or by an embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. He has made everything beautiful in its time. If he only became a graphic designer to earn our shekels, Cup may have lived on. And he repents not! Hmm, perhaps he can make phone, money and keys for me? I asked, 
and the soldier recoiled in horror. You would conspire with the beast? He cried. The hermit was in trouble. Now cornered by three terrible flapping and spitting beasts, the hermit did blindly edge closer and closer to the cliff edge, feeling with searching hands and listening. The soldiers below cheered as the hermit stumbled. I hovered above like a drone, with my wheels and rims spinning, and watched. One of the beasts was as a serpent, and did hiss and lash his stinger at the hermit, who did deflect the stinger with his sharp front teeth. The hermit did charge on his elbows and knees, impaling this creature on his teeth. He swung the impaled serpent against the other flapping and stinging beasts, and did slash and cut and hurt all three until only piles of carcasses remained. The hermit worked quickly to dissect the creatures, flaying the skin, gathering the feathers, fangs, stingers, beaks and all the hard parts. The hermit did place these pieces into neat piles, and from the carcasses of these fallen beasts, did set about building a golem. Creeping furtively around the island, he did work without noticing me spying from above. The hermit did gouge the eyes of one beast, and fasten these to wings with the tendons of another, connecting networks of veins and intricate systems. He did cut and carve the materials with his teeth, the sharpness and precision of which were unparalleled in the red or the blue. He did bind the feathers and wings to a large stinger, arranging the limbs and organs and systems with great concentration. His piano player fingers did feel and skip along the surfaces of the elements, working quickly and ingeniously. He did build his own idol, almost my own height and three times larger than the little red soldiers by my side. Once complete, the hermit did defy the boundaries of mere mortals by bringing the creature to life, slitting his own finger on his sharp teeth and thrusting the bloody wound into the Frankensteinian carcass before him, connecting his systems with the golems and pumping his own blood through its veins. He lifted an elbow and struck it down into one of the hearts of the monstrosity, which now writhed up, spewing thick blue blood from every orifice. The terrible golem did splutter and spasm, and spake with three mouths and voices as a torrent of water. For what purpose did thou make me, master? The hermit did blindly and delicately run his fingers across the horns and stingers of his towering creation, and in fear did recoil, pointing shakily towards the cliff edge. He tried to speak, but with a mouth full of teeth, could only splutter awkwardly. The tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of the golem's blue eyes did open. With one horn pointed forward, its wings did burst open like a fan, and with awkward stumbling, it did launch itself over the cliff edge. With twelve open wings, the golem did fall into the crowd of writhing red soldiers, who were soon scrambling and wailing as the hermit's creature did bludgeon and slash with bloodthirsty vengeance. Now I was intrigued. I called out, Dear terrible and awesome hermit, fear me not. Do you hear me call, hermit? A loose fang was sent flying over the edge of the cliff in recognition of the call. Dear hermit, make me my own phone, money and keys, 
and I shall reward you with one of my flames. How dare you align with the beast? Screeched the red soldier, coming at me with his nose sword. I did pull off his mask and rip out his tongue, throwing both the mask and the tongue up to the young hermit. I reached for the nose and the tongue of the elder of Key Stage 3, which I wore in my hair, and threw those up also. Accept these gifts, tokens from the elder who rejected you, and from your peer who tormented you. He received them with great curiosity, inspecting the articles with his slender fingers. His crime did return more violently than before, so touched was he by this rarest of kindnesses. He dove into his neat piles of materials and bound the mask to four small wings and a single talon, dexterously stringing together veins, muscles and tendons. He attached a jawbone and some other structures inside, placing the tongues within the whole thing and sewing it together. But he did not attach the elder's nose to the golem. That he placed about his own neck on a string and tied it. Again he cut himself, and with his own loving blood did bring the new golem to life. The hermit did launch the winged tongues over the cliff's edge, and the weird creature did glide gracefully down to me and settle on my shoulder like a parrot. Its feathers tickled my ear, and it spake softly, almost as a whisper. Dear sir, you do not want to hurt me, for I am so very alone. His towering golem had caused a great amount of chaos below, and was now lying in the water, impaled by the two-edged teeth and noses of a great many bronze masks. The rims and wheels of my child body did spin and hover slowly down to the platform. The hermit rushed away in fear, retreating behind a cachet of horns and beaks. I will, I will give you one, you one of my flames if you make for me phone, money, money and, and keys, keys, oh talented hermit. hermit. You, you may, may never stand, stand alone again, or, or suffer the insults of your talentless peers. I cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth, and when I cried, four thunders uttered their voices from my four bodies. The hermit did sit back in confusion. After a long pause, he did reply through his winged golem. It whispered softly on my shoulder. For although I know not the form of phone, money and keys, I have an intuition for their uses. I understand that phone holds great power in communication, carrying voices and images on wings across the land. And for this, I believe, I have fulfilled your task already. The feathery golem licked my neck and continued to whisper. As for money, I understand that this article holds the great power of trade and exchange, the likes of which you already possess with the flames about your face and wheels. And for the keys, I understand that this holds the great power of freedom of movement, the likes of which your terrible flying child and skimming serpents do fulfil. I was quite taken aback. I paused for several moments, tapped my naked sides and recited, Phone, money, keys. Took two steps forward and stalled, paced back to the cliff edge and tapped my sides once more, slowly reciting, Phone, money, 
keys. I was confused. The, the Holy, Holy Trinity. Trinity! I did say aloud, followed by... Yes! Yes! yes. I, I, remember I remember now how it all works. works! But something was still not right. Oh! I exclaimed. And, and ID! ID. What, what is ID? ID? I roared. I, I always forget, forget my ID. ID. For I know not what your ID is. But the hanged beast lies not far from here. He has drunk up most of the sea, and many voices sing in his head. He is very wise. I promise to take you, if you will allow me to keep you company. I, I see, see now how separate and lonely you all are in the blue. blue. But I would gladly be in your company. You may have my flame. I landed my terrible child body on the sea, in front of my three mischievous bodies and the three serpents, and I did cling carefully to the spinning wheels as I lifted myself up the cliff and onto the island. The masked golem with four wings flew behind. I knelt in front of the hermit. You, you must eat one, one of my bodies, bodies I said. The hermit was very shy and did reach out timidly, feeling and exploring my flashing and glowing faces one by one. The hermit was quite unlike myself. He was sensitive and wanted not to cause harm. Are you sure? Asked the masked golem as the young hermit poured at me. I do not ask with rude intention, but many have deceived me in the past, sir. I reached up to the sharp teeth of the young hermit and used them to slice off one of my index fingers, holding it to his lips and feeding him with it. It's okay, be brave. This is my body, which is given for you. Truly, truly I say to you, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. They who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day of come. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink, and we will leave this place together in search of ID. I took his hand and held it to my face so he could feel my wide grin. This mischief made him smile. The golem spake once more. You are not like the other reds. Dirty project managers. They are nothing. The most overpaid and least effective of all professions. With no conceivable skill of their own. They believe their right is to control and organize the blue. They would seek to put us to work and reap the rewards. They would make me unto a graphic designer for some soulless digital marketing firm, or video editor for some vacuous corporation. We would sooner die than live that way. Their grip on us is like unto that of a slippery eel. We slip through the gaps and we cannot be tamed, and the fruits of our labour do have lives of their own and do march out as soldiers. The tickly whispering from the golem ceased and the hermit was quite dishevelled by the outburst. Every now and then, the child would tick and the hermit's attention would dart towards it. He guessed that a powerful bomb lay beneath the clicking, flashing facade, 
but did not venture to ask. I was born of the Red, and I identify the rules of the Red. Upon my forehead, the name of mischief. I comforted the Hermit. Growing in confidence, the Hermit raised his two-edged teeth and flayed my glowing skin as though it were a precious hide and ate it with politeness and reserved etiquette. The flying tongue on my shoulder did compliment my taste. Very yummy, sir. He sliced my body and organs beautifully into small chunks with the craftsmanship of a master butcher, hardly wasting a single drop of blood. With each bite, the young hermit did grow in confidence. It swept over him as a wildfire. He did stand up on two feet like a human, no longer cowering as a beast. And his long, two-edged teeth did glow as burnished bronze. His pimples did pop and his acne did clear, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Our bodies fused. Red swept across his surface in a hot flush, and blue swept across mine like ice. And we were at once blue and red. And his blind eyes did fuse with my tens of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of flaming eyes. And he could see from my eyes, and they did at once glow a terrible blue and a terrible red. His blue veins did intertwine with my red ones, and the warp and weft of our innards did lace together. And I remembered all the traumas he had suffered, and all the achievements he had made. And he remembered mine too, and all four of my bodies burnt in brilliant mischief, and shame, and anger, and skill, and loneliness. I felt now that the wall between the red and blue was some terrible restraining force, perhaps constructed by the elders, and was acting as a dam against the manifestation of great power. All restraints must be removed before ID can be fully revealed, I thought. I believed that there would be great tribulation, such as there had not been from the beginning of the world until now, if this wall fell. The light wins once more, I said in a quiet introspective voice. And when I had spoken, four waters uttered their voices, including from the golem of my new hermit body. I did turn to the other three bodies to greet them as my new incorporated self. I was four, two mischievous young adult cups, the sensitive teenage hermit cup, and the shameful, terrible child cup. I smiled with all my faces, and all of my hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of eyes did roll back in their sockets. Click! And re-emerge as little sunrises. My hermit did embrace the child with its awesome rings and missing nose. It did sicken the sensibilities of my new mind to see myself like this, so I used my new teeth and did take apart my two-tongued flying golem with dexterous fingers like unto lightning, and did place the bronze mask upon the terrible child to cover the wound of my nose. I placed the four wings upon the exposed organs to lift and cover them. I did look upon my own young face, and I did reflect on the cruelty I had suffered, at the hands of those elders, but also by my own mischievous selves who did watch and wait and abide the torture. 
I did well up, and cry thick tears which did float about my head, like unto cured amber. And with the tender hands of my hermit body, I did caress the terrible child. And as the water from my hermit's blue did pour into the wheels and spokes and rims of my terrible child's red, I did tell myself, I remember now how those elders worked, and I remember also their transformed pearls, and the streets in which they lived, and the treasures which they coveted, and I did attack any of them, and I will attack them once more, I roared. Now I turned to my two mischievously grinning young adult faces. With my hermit's hand, I slapped one and pointed harshly at the other. BAD! I said to myself with all four mouths. With my mischievous young adult bodies, I did poke at myself and giggle, knowing I was set to repeat those mistakes with absolute disregard. I do remember now. Humans are very conflicted, I thought. I am at once a cat and a mouse. Turning back to the humble serpents, careful not to cut knife, fork or spoon with my magnificent new teeth, I did climb my new body into one of them. My other bodies also prepared themselves for travel. I lifted my teeth to the heavens so as to avoid decapitating myself as I span around. I felt my new skill and my new sensitivity. But alongside these increases, I sensed an uninvited guest. Self-doubt. And for the first time, I did wonder whether phone, money and keys were the essential components I did need to prosper. And the revelation that I, myself, did embody those articles was equally confusing. Truth be told, at this point I yearned not so much for these as I did for ID. To step outside of the system and survive, one must have ID. I yearned to escape the capsule I was imprisoned within. Time to find ID! And to end this war! I roared with my mouths and blazing eyes. I lifted myself into the twisting serpent's mouths and did fulminate with red and blue flames. I did slide down the island's cliff face and blasted through the gathering crowds of bewildered red soldiers. I soared across the face of the ocean once more. <laughs>